Before we get started with today's show, I just want to remind you that you can save 10% on your order with Symphony of Balloons, a luxury balloon company that also offers a 360 camera. Just simply mention you heard about them on Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Breaking Through Glass Ceilings with Uncomfortable Conversations. I'm your host, Brian H. Waters. We have a jam-packed show today. A lot of things have been happening. Um, I got a chance to get some well-rest, uh, you know, for a shout-out to Wellness Week. So that meant that, um, you know, my day job, I didn't have to work. Um, but there's always stuff to be made, content to be consumed, and reactions for me to have. So let's get into it. First up, NBA All-Star Game. Yeah, a lot of people talking about the NBA All-Star Game, what's wrong with it, with how it should be fixed. And I found this clip of Kobe Bryant talking about the game. I think the All-Star Game in general needs a little revamping because it used to be competitive. Yeah. It used to be competitive. And, like, you know, fans want to see the best pickup game in the world. Yeah. Like, that's what this is. They don't yeah. want to see you running up and down and dunking and doing all this crazy. Like, they want to see the what happens when you get this collection of best basketball players on the planet and they play and they go head up against each other. Man. Yeah. I mean, you guys play harder at a pickup game in UCLA. For real. And ain't billions of people watching. For real. Definitely do. You know what I'm saying? Definitely do. They uh, got turn The All Star game needs a little, needs a little changing. Um, I always love competing in them. Um, I didn't lose many of them. Nah, me and CP one, used to nah, talk you all the time. The like, ones. You took it serious. Yeah, we, yeah. we went in. Like, I don't think me and CP, when we played together in the All-Star game, I don't think we've ever lost a game. Yeah. And we okay. used to look at each other and say, okay. Going serious. They go. don't want to play, we going to yeah, play. Yeah, fourth quarter, let's yeah. go get it. Shout out to the Knuckleheads podcast. Uh, that was a clip from that episode. That was, if I'm not mistaken, that's amongst Kobe's last Round the interviews, he did that one and all the smoke. I remember around that time, those episodes came out together. So I was listening to, of course, that clip resurfaces. And I'm listening to it. And I said, you know what? Kobe had a point, which I may remember. Around that time, when Kobe Bryant was playing, it felt like it was a goal. Like the All-Star game, it wasn't enough to make it. It felt like. You wanted to win, right? And like he mentioned there, always like him and CP3, they was, all right, let's go get him. And that's the thing. Like, I can remember as a child growing up being mad if the Western Conference lost. Me being a Laker fan, I always rooted for the West. After Jordan and, you know, Jordan was gone, I was always rooting for the West. So I remember being mad. Now, you know, they changed it because, well, first, if I'm not mistaken, and somebody will correct me in the comments, I'm sure, I believe they changed it when the balance of power kind of got shifted. It felt like when LeBron went to the Lakers, you had him over West, you had Kevin Durant still with the Warriors, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe Durant had already just went to the East. But it felt like, I mean, he might have been hurt, but it felt like there was a, clearly a shift, right? Yeah, but that's what it was. It was a shift. And so they said, all right, we'll do team captains. And then, you know, but I started thinking, and I thought about the All-Star game. And I said, like, people hate this exhibition. And I have to be honest with y'all. Y'all know I am a LeBron James fan. 
But we cannot ignore the fact that he changed the way people consume basketball and the approach. Like LeBron James, in all fairness, bas- basketball was a business immediately. You know, you, you, I'm old enough. I was in high school around the same time LeBron was in high school. He graduated a year ahead of me. And I remember seeing the King James Sports Center posters, the King James, um, I mean, the King James Sports Illustrated posters and covers. You know, we saw how his approach to going, you know, teaming up, and he took a lot of heat for that, no pun intended, but for joining the Miami Heat, the big three. So his way of competing is different. Wouldn't say he doesn't want to win championships, but his way of competing is different there, say, a Kobe Bryant or a Michael Jordan. Kobe and Michael wanted to destroy people. Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, Larry Bird, they all wanted to destroy each other and be crowned the best one. LeBron took the approach, well, let's team up. Come on, Wade, let's team up. So you have that. So I started thinking about that. I said, hmm. That's one of the reasons why LeBron things a little different, you know, because he's the ringleader. He is the face of the NBA. So a lot of these kids, they idolize him, you know, preserving the body. It felt like Kobe and Jordan, we watched the last dance. Michael Jordan was literally arguing with someone because they had him on a minutes restriction where LeBron James will take, you know, I don't think, you know, it's not like necessarily a goal to make it all 82 games. So then you look at the, the ripple down effect. You look at a Kawhi Leonard, you know, you, so you, you got to kind of blame him for a little bit of that. I mean, y'all let me know what y'all think, but I'm sitting there and I'm like, I think we kind of got to like put some of the blame on LeBron James. The all-star game just isn't what it is because He's the face of the company. He's the ringleader. And like I said, when Kobe was playing, as he said, him and CP3 never lost when they was on the floor. You know, they go out there and put on a show. I didn't even watch the All-Star game. I was like, you know, for what? And I remember it was must-see TV. I was mad when WWE would run the Elimination Chamber or No Way Out the same weekend. And, you know, shout out the Loafers, former bar that we used to watch wrestling at. We would go there and watch both at the same time. So that brings me to the dunk contest. And again, no LeBron James. And he said, you know, that's never been a goal of his. But we cannot escape the fact that there was an all-star year where he said, I'm entering my hat in the dunk contest next year. And the dunk contest just doesn't have stars. It, it would be hard for a lot of people, you Gen Xers, to believe that Vince Carter, when he won the dunk contest, was in the conversation for the best player in the league. Definitely in the conversation for the best player in the East, right? That may have been the last year of the super dunk contest. And I mean, like, your superstars. Because Tracy McGrady was in it, but he was coming up, but... A lot of people, that was their introduction to T-Mac, you know? And then the next year, he would go to Orlando, become a star. But you had Kobe Bryant in the dunk contest, obviously Michael Jordan. You had your all-stars. Then, you kind, it kind of faded. Like, I remember the 2001 
when Corey Maggette won, I was like, who are these people? You know, and Vince Carter was going on record and said he didn't want to be just known as a dunker. That's why he got out of it. But then you follow up with a, you know, Jason Richardson. So I was like, okay. But Jason Richardson was doing stuff we hadn't seen before. And he was still, you know, the one year he won, I believe him and Gilbert were on the rookie sophomore team as well. But unfortunately, we just don't have those superstars. Now, we've been getting cool dunks and stuff. You know, it was very nice to see Nate Robinson. You know, I think, no, you know what? Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard was probably the last big superstar, somebody who was unfortunately omitted off this uh, NBA All-75. But he's somebody who was like the last big superstar to be in a dunk contest. So that's something I would like to see. Now, I got to compare this to my favorite sport, baseball. Because when you have that MLB All-Star game, there's no doubt about that everybody's going to bring their best, right? You, as a batter, want to hit, bottom line. You're not just going out there and just like, all right, if I make contact, I make contact. No, you want to put on a showing. You want to hit a home run. You want to get, you know, you want to get on base. Say, I did this in All-Star game. And if you're a pitcher, it's man on, uh, man, on man. You want to strike the best players out. So there's no way to fake the funk in an MLB All-Star game. And then you still have the best, and I mean the best, power hitters. Now, the home run, this might be a little bit controversial. The home run is more sexier than the slam dunk. The slam dunks, they cool, boom, boom, boom. But we've seen, based on recent evidence, that no matter what, is not about the dunk, it's about the star. So that's showing you that if you get a player who's making all kinds of crazy dunks in the game, let's say, but he only averaged two, three points. I mean, let's say he averaged six points a game. And every game, he gives three dunks. Well, he isn't contributing to the win if he's, if it's on a mediocre team or a small market team. But if you have a player in the MLB who hits 50 home runs on a losing team, by the time he gets to 20 or 30, there's going to always, he's going to be leading off sports center. He's going to be leading off sports center. Now the slam dunk. Yeah, sure. Okay. Boom. That was nice. It may be more posterizing than the home run, but the home run is always the sexier stat than the slam dunk. They don't keep track of slam dunks unless you go into advanced analytics. Home runs, well, guess what? It adds more runs to the... It's automatic, at least minimum, one run, which runs are more in a premium than points in basketball. So when Chris Davis and the Orioles were... The Orioles were in 2013. They're coming off their first playoff appearance since 97. Chris Davis took off. All of a sudden, at the All-Star break, he was at about 30-something home runs. Made the All-Star team. Participated in the home run derby. And then ESPN always was keeping an eye on what he was doing. Of course, there was talk about steroids, whatever. Yasiel Puig. You know, Puig wasn't such a home run hitter, but he hit home runs in clutch moments, right? And it, it was a game changer. So a home run is more of a game changer then a slam dunk because you got somebody throwing that ball and it could change the pace of a game. It could change the momentum, you know, 
So that's what I look at the home run derby. MLB clearly has the all-star game, right? I would love to see the NBA get the all-star weekend, right? And it'd be more than just, okay, a bunch of partying and whatnot. So we'll see about that. Let's move on. It's time to talk. Um, you know, no, let's stay, stay with basketball. We're going to stay with basketball for a little bit. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal sat down with Jason Kelsey. It gave him some life advice. You know, uh, he told him, look, man, you have a beautiful family. But Shaq has gone on record said that, you know, he didn't treat his ex-wife right. And that's why he's got a big, large house and is empty. You know, he credits that, you know, another man came into her life, treated her better than he ever had. And I thought that was, um, I thought it was great advice. That was great advice for him to give Jason Kelsey. We all know um, Travis and Jason have their podcast, which I blocked, by the way, because I got tired of it after the Super Bowl, uh, before the Super Bowl. But they have their podcast. We know that Jason Kelsey's wife kind of makes some appearances on there. And, you know, he was voted sexiest man. He's has a, you know, probably one of the most uh, person, like one of the biggest personalities that probably ever played offensive line or at least definitely in the modern era. But, you know, I thought it was great for him, you know, Shaq to sit down with him and, you know, passing on that type of advice as Jason Kelsey is looking towards retirement. You know, we've, we've heard the rumors and everything, but it seems like he's going to retire and, you know, congratulations to him on a great career. Shout out to him having a beautiful family. You know, I want him to take Shaq's advice. Carmelo Anthony. Anybody knows that is one of my favorite players of all time. Probably number two, to be honest with you. Number two to the late, great Kobe Bryant. But Melo, uh, I was, I, I tend to watch his podcast. And I saw that he talked about George Carl. And I was like, hmm, this is interesting. I've got some stories for the pod that I'm going to bring up. So the main thing that stuck out to me, you know, he said from day one, it was disrespect from George Carl. Then he said, George Carl said at first meeting, like, hey, I think you're overrated. Now, Carmelo should have been rookie of the year. We're being honest. If you look at the numbers, go check the stats. Melo should have won Rookie of the Year over LeBron James. But he was, you know, single-handedly changed the way the hood looked at the Denver Nuggets. There was not a team nobody was checking for. Most basketball fans, the Nuggets was the team, like, okay, another team on NBA Live. Just another team on your schedule. Nobody wore Nuggets jerseys. But Melo comes, they change the color, they change the look. The culture change, which is very disrespectful. That and I brought this up weeks ago that the number fifteen is not retired. And I know it got a lot of heat about that. I don't care. Number fifteen should be retired. But he talked about George Call and he said like a lot of people that he talked to had issues with him. Now think about this. George Call led the Seattle SuperSonics to the NBA Finals where they fell short to the. 72 and 10 Chicago Bulls. Uh, that team was, you know, star studded team. We're talking led by Sean Kemp, 
and Gary Payton with Deltlift Shrimp being on there. And think about those names, right? Now, if you're talking greatest of all time or greatest scores, we're going to put Melo above all three of them, right? <laughs> George Cole compared Carmelo to Deltlift Shrimp. And he said, now it puts him in a mindset like, wait, now he looking at it like, you compare me to this guy. And Melo said, him being a student of the game, he loved Deltlift Shrimp. He respected his game, what he brought to him. But you just compared him to like the third or fourth option on a team where you talking to your star player. So he said he talked to um, he talked to Gary Payton. He talked to Ray Allen, Big Dog, Glenn Robinson. People George Carl coached in Seattle and in Milwaukee. You know what they all said? Oh, yeah, he don't like stars. And it took me back. Now, I'm going to take y'all back to 2013. 2013, September 2013, I'm working at ESPN. And, you know, I'm fresh in. I started working there. And I'm going to say around, you know, I kind of made friends immediately. And around that time, I had friends who worked on the NBA shows. Now, if you remember the 2013-2014 season, the number one team in the East for most of that year was the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers team that featured Paul George, Roy Hibbert, Jeff Teague, Lance Stevenson. I want to say, I might be wrong, but this team was the team that was set up their goal. Their goal was to take down the Miami Heat. And boy, was it disappointing that they didn't. But this seemed to be interesting. But I remember at that time, um, somebody was talking. And they said, man, you know, this person works with George Carl. And he says, Paul George is not a superstar. That he could shut down Paul George like that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Now. If we being real, you got a bunch of younger production assistants who obviously going to listen to this guy who's a head coach. I mean, he's George Call. He's somebody who's been to the finals. He's coached, you know, multiple all-stars and superstars. So you're not going to think like, oh, man, this dude hating. But then when I watched that, it took me back. I was like, oh, he was hating at the time. Now, we look at Paul George. His game obviously has evolved. He's still a superstar. This is um, 10 years later, still one of the best players in the league. But I wonder, did George Carl ever pass the word on how to shut down Paul George? And it makes you think, like, when they said he don't like stars, I said, oh, yeah, he would have been a problem. They, You know, like, you think about that Nuggets team. You had Melo, J.R. Smith, Marcus Camby, and Kenyon Martin. Now, they wasn't taking out Kobe's Lakers for obvious reasons. You know, Kobe was de- driven and determined to tie and go past Shaq in the amount of rings. But you hear all this stuff about, like, wow, nobody liked this dude? And they still managed to win, like, 50-plus games. So I thought, man, you know, it's just crazy that this dude has really, you know, caused a lot of hatred. And I remember they even said, like, with Michael Jordan, them two are North Carolina guys, both North Carolina guys. And he said, I think George, I may be wrong, but he may have been on the, he may have been on the coaching squad. But nonetheless, they both went in there 
and he said Michael Jordan uh, seen him, and all of a sudden, Michael Jordan said he saw him, and all of a sudden, George Carl didn't speak. So you know what that meant? Jordan was going to destroy him. Just goes to show you a lot about George Carl's character. But we're going to take a quick break. Just a couple words from some sponsors and supporters, and we'll be right back. Hi, everyone. It's me, Queen PR, one half of those wrestling girls. And welcome back to another episode of Where Wrestling Meets Pop Culture. And this is the show where you find out who the current of Up Down Champion is. This is not the show where we speculate when Mercedes is returning to WWE. This is not the place for rumors and innuendo. This is the show where you find out where all your wrestlers are up to outside of the ring. One of my favorite couples, Bianca Belair and Montez Ford. We have been hearing, we knew that Bianca and Montez were filming a reality show with Hulu. I just have to have a moment for the IT family. Ladies and gentlemen, are you in the gym every week? Are you looking to kind of keep yourself cool while you work up a nasty sweat? Well, I got the best thing for you. Cooling bands, bandanas, cooling towels, and so much more. Go to Vertical Athletics, get your favorite team in MLS or MLB. Or guess what? Now they have a custom option so you can upload your own logo and you can save 10% at checkout when you enter the code Brian H. Waters. Go to verticalathletics.com. Use the code Brian H. Waters to save 10% on some of your best cooling gear. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you check out all the offerings from Vertical Athletics. One thing I want to know, 50% 50% off MLB stuff. So if you're an Orioles fan like me, or if you're a Yankees fan, a Dodgers fan, Texas Rangers fan, you can get 50% off just going on the website. Make sure you check out with my code. But ladies and gentlemen, Beyonce. Beyonce has got everybody listening to country music. Just dropped a couple of songs I was listening to on Spotify. She has Texas Hold'em, 16 Carriages. I like it. Shows her range. One of the greatest entertainers in my lifetime. Certainly, I believe, of all time. You know, I mean, let me be real, which I used to have the biggest, biggest crush on Beyonce. I mean, who didn't? I was like, okay, she's five years older than me. One, two, yeah. If I can just get rich, I got a chance. Obviously, I didn't. She married Jay-Z. Um, but no, I just think it's um, you know, shout out to her. I used to get made fun of, believe it or not. I used to get made fun of for listening to Beyonce. I remember I bought the CD with independent woman on there and my guard brothers decided like, yo, you really bought the Beyonce CD? Like, yeah, what you mean? Nah, well, you ain't supposed to have that, man. We boys, we ain't supposed to listen to that. But yeah, I definitely bought that CD. Um, You know, the, uh, no, it wasn't that one. No, yeah, it was Survivor. It was Survivor. I remember when I bought it, you know, um, and I, my sister obviously had the writings on the wall, so I would listen to her CD. Matter of fact, I might play some Beyonce later when I edit this episode. But uh, shout out to her doing great things, always just being innovative, showing like you know that's the type of people I like to be around. People like Beyonce and Jay Z, hard workers, work ethic, always trying to evolve. You know, you see a lot of 
artists come and go, but then you have ones that have stay in power. So that's what I'm trying to do in this podcast game is have some stay in power, whether it's on the opinion side or even the wrestling side. And speaking of wrestling, I'm, I'm probably going to talk about this on other platforms, but I'm going to bring it up here. O'Shea Jackson Jr., y'all may know, that's Ice Cube's son. He was on my guy, Chris Van Vliet's podcast. And when I saw this episode was dropped, I could not wait to listen because I know, like, CVV's style is always getting to learn the person. You get to hear stories you never heard before. You know, of course, I want to hear, like, O'Shea's wrestling takes, but I wanted to know about him. And I remember I listened to him on some other shows, but I knew with this being a wrestling-based podcast, I would get more of his wrestling fandom. So obviously learning about him wanting to be a screenwriter and going to school for that and then taking some time to go, you know, do uh, straight out of Compton, obviously. But listening to him talk about becoming a fan through Sega Genesis video games and Genesis video games, I was like, I'm sitting there like, hmm, was it Royal Rumble? Was it WrestleMania arcade game? Which game was it, O'Shea Jackson, that had you into and brought you into this great business? But listen to him talk about that. Then he talked about AEW fans. If I'm watching someone on AEW and I ask, who is this guy? I don't need you to tell me I'm not a real wrestling fan, to tell me how could you not know such and such who did... Uh, who gives a damn? Like, I, I need you. All right, inform me, bro. Or at least have your programming in a way to let people know why you should love this dude, why you should fuck with this guy. That's something that I feel like is missing. When you, Conan, when I was on his podcast, he brought up, when you watch UFC and they give you a little backstory about this dude, backstory about that dude. Uh, what this guy's had to go through, what he's done, and vice versa. And then they put him in a room, and they cuss each other out. And then by watching those videos, you've picked a side yes. of who you're with that's missing from that. What what they have is this, this, this niche group of people who watch all of these wrestling shows, and they're already in the know. So when they see these names together, it is a dream match for them. But you're trying to sell this to American television, baby. You got to movie that up a little bit. You got to give me some, some cinema to follow, you know, some, something to hold on to besides the announced team uh, running down a list for me while this dude's walking down the ramp. And I feel like that's missing. And when you are trying to get involved and, 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 and trying to, to really give something a chance, and when you question it even a little bit mm. and you get 80 no-faced accounts uh, coming at you, at, at any given time, you're like, man, fuck this noise, bro. Like, I'm, I'm cool off of it. If y'all like it, I don't. And I don't want that. You know, I have people over there that – are that I'm cool with, you know. A lot of people got their takes. Some of them say mine. I don't think he's wrong. A lot of wrestling fans, y'all like to get mad when people say, I do not know who this person is. Who is that? Instead of them just saying who they are simply, right? I have friends all the time. When I was working at WSU, Women's Superstars United was at the time, and some of the ladies would debut um, on the bigger platform, like WWE or TNA. And I would hear some people say, 
well, who's that? And I said, oh, well, you know, she worked with us and she was this, 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 that, and the other. When Britt Baker came across the scene. Now, granted, when she was in AEW, you saw a lot of her work. You saw, like, they rolled out the red carpet. They told you from day one, she's a dentist. She's also a wrestler. And this is her story. A lot of times with AEW, we don't get backstories. Sometimes we do. Sure, sometimes WWE, they erase your whole previous, inner, you know, previous backstory and give you a new one. But wrestling fans have become so tribal, you know? It's almost like they're like Jordan and LeBron fans. Some people make it seem like you can't like both. If you tell somebody you're a Michael Jordan fan, that means you hate LeBron James. If you love LeBron James, you hate Michael Jordan. That's the same way WWE and AEW fans are. So we talked about putting it out there when he said, well, who's this? And people's like, well, you should be doing the research. Google is free. But there's a lot of times it isn't the same connection. And I think I saw this on the timeline. You can read all the accomplishments, but unless you watch life, I, PWI named Okada the number one wrestler one year, right? By that time, I knew who he was. I saw a match with him and Kenny Omega. But before that, I kept hearing, okay, Okada and Omega, got to see this match. Didn't know that much about either one of them. I watched the match, boom, emotionally connected. So I had to watch the next one and the next one. And that's the thing. And a lot of times wrestling fans get irritated or they get so possessive because this is my wrestling. And Faye Jackson tweeted out, wrestling fans making the hoes mad again. And I thought that was hilarious. Shout out to Faye Jackson. That's the homie right there. Always appreciate what she adds and brings to the great wrestling community. And if you're not a wrestling fan and you're listening to this podcast, Google Faye Jackson. <laughs> but you're still not going to have the same emotional attachment. She was also somebody that worked with us at WSU. But, you know, that's just, you know, wrestling fans are something else. Ladies and gentlemen, before I get out of here, I want to talk to you about something that's very important that can be of a great benefit to you. That is the mute button. As we progress and get closer to spring, as we try to power through these last moments of winter and even winter depression, please protect your mental health. Use the mute button, whether it's the group chats, whether it's the notifications, whether it's Twitter or X, Facebook, whether it's certain accounts, please do yourself a favor. Utilize the mute button. And I promise you, I guarantee you, you will have a 1% increase into your mental health. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for this week's episode of Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. Remember, folks, um, continue to support your favorite podcasters, whether it's me or somebody else you know. I I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like superlatives, so you'll never hear me getting on the show saying, oh, you're listening to the hottest, most latest, and greatest, the best, the best, the biggest, the best of all. No. That's up for y'all to decide. That's up for y'all to decide. So, which one thing y'all could do is go on and break it through glass ceilings on your favorite podcast platform. Leave me a five-star rating. Five stars. That's it. And leave a positive comment. And I would highly appreciate that. But 
one of the things I just want to appreciate everybody taking the time out to listen to this show. I appreciate everything that everybody brings, you know, I appreciate the comments, negative and positive. I appreciate the uh, opportunities that you afford me by being in your living rooms or in your cars. So, you know, be on the lookout next week's episode. We'll see. I am working on a special project. I'm kind of nailing it down, still putting some grease on it. But let's just say I went down a rabbit hole recently and it's time to talk about it. If you know me, you know. <laughs> but it's time to talk about it. We cut a lot of anniversaries around that time. But ladies and gentlemen, be sure to support uh, all the podcast platforms. Be sure to support the sponsors. Links in the bio. And remember, do not let anybody place a ceiling above your success. Buy a t-shirt, break it through glass ceilings. Till the next time, folks, I'm Brian H. Waters. So long, everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to support this podcast by wearing a t-shirt, whether it's the one that says breaking through glass ceilings or the one that says no ceilings above success, simply go to foryourwear.com. Also, you can support some of your other favorite podcasts and content creators, including those wrestling girls, Seahawk, and the Wrestling Club. And you can support some of your favorite independent wrestlers, including Jay Bougie, Trisha Dore, Chaz the Dawn. Shoot, all the pure ignorance is on there. So go on foryourwear.com, go under personalities, you'll find Brian H. Waters, and buy a t shirt. And remember, I'll give you a shout out on the show. Podcasters and gamers, we all know it can be intense. We're talking, we're getting hype, we're passionate. Sometimes we need a boost. Well, you can get that by getting Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy is the number one supplement for podcasters and gamers. And they have tons of different flavors, including Strawberry Burst, Tropical Breeze, and Cotton Candy. And you can save 10% by putting in the code BRIANH at checkout. So go to RogueEnergy.com and enter the code BRIANH to save money. Are you a podcaster who is looking to share clips from your show in the simplest way possible? Well, I have the best solution, and that's Opus Clip. Opus Clip allows you to take the link to your show, upload it, and then they will clip off some of the best moments. And it allows you to edit it, change the captions, change the colors, and they also give you a viral score so you know which clip can potentially generate more buzz for your show. So if you're looking to do that, click the link in the bio, sign up for Opus Clip, and go viral with some of the best content from your show.